Hello and welcome back to season two of Zero Wasted Days. I am honored that you are here with me and I am so excited for all of the episodes to come. I am also just very grateful for all of the reviews that you've been leaving and all of the love that you've been giving me inside my DMs. I love nothing more than to be of service to you and to hear that everything that I'm talking about here at Zero Wasted Days is resonating. You know, I really want to inspire you to push the boundaries of what's expected in your life and business, to challenge norms and your growth edges, and to go after the most audacious dreams because I've seen for myself that anything is truly possible when you have a vision and are ready to go after it. Are you ready to dive in? Let's go. Welcome back to this week's episode of Zero Wasted Days. I probably should bring my microphone a bit closer to me so that you can all hear my voice, but most importantly, the voice of the person that is in front of me today. And I am just thrilled and excited to invite Alison Bird to the Zero Wasted Days podcast that I know you guys are going to absolutely soak up every single word that Allison says. No pressure, Allison. But I came across Allison on Amber's Liliastrom's podcast a few years ago. And as you will also feel, Allison's energy and her aura and just everything about her is absolutely electric. Not to mention everything that she says is just, and actually I was going to use the word gospel. And on your Instagram profile, you have Minister of Money. I am just so excited to have you speak to our audience today. And let's hear the let's hear the sermon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that makes me so happy to, to hear that. That really does. Let's have a great time. I'm really excited. So I'm sure people have probably come across you in different places, all of these kind of worlds collide. But if people haven't come across Alison Bird, I'd love you to rewind the tape a little bit and tell us a little bit about you. But also, there's something that I have seen through your content and heard you talk about. And this is this like facade that you carried for a long time that I think a lot of other women also carry as this, I am one person as this positive, cheerful person over here. But there's other stuff going on. And I'd love you to rewind that tape and tell us about what has been your becoming to having you here today and that transition that you made from carrying that facade for so long to really becoming who you are. Mm-hmm. Thank you for asking me that way. I What I love about my path and what I love about the way that I express it is that I express it in a way that gives grace for everyone that is listening to me. And the reason that I'm able to express it in a way that gives grace is because for so many years, I heard humans express it in a way that didn't give grace. I I heard that success was very much about what you did. You had to wake up earlier. You had to work out harder. You had to eat leaner. And even if you listen to the language that I'm giving, you had to. And when I came up in my early years in success, I didn't recognize that I had lived and grown up in a trauma-based reality. I had no idea. And I think that's really telling when you're a Black woman in North America that was born in the 70s, raised in the 80s and 90s, and you don't know you have a trauma-based existence. That's pretty telling. So because I didn't know that I had a trauma-based existence, meaning my dad had left and abandoned our family which meant my mother was raising two girls by herself. And she was raising us on less than $15,000 a year. And that was very common for women. That was very common, not just for Black women. That was common for single women with children. So I didn't understand that we were struggling. I didn't understand that struggle impacted how I perceived the world. I didn't know that because we grew up on government assistance and my mom would say, hey, let's go stand in line for cheese and beans and rice 
I didn't know that was impregnating me with a scarcity consciousness that would continue to swell inside of me the same way that a wound swells with a child. I was swollen with scarcity, swollen with lack, swollen with anxiety, swollen with not belonging. I was swollen with those things, but I didn't know that. And I think that's a lot of how we all live. We don't know why we're feeling the way we're feeling. I have worked with people that grew up as rich could possibly be. And they wake up every day going, I have everything I need. Why do I feel bad? Why don't I feel good? For me, I grew up not having everything I needed. And so it made sense that I felt bad. So my pursuit was to feel good. For people that grow up with everything, their pursuit is to understand why do I feel bad when everything around me is seemingly good? So we all have these paths and these journeys that we go on. No one is void of the path of discovering their highest identity. No money erases the path. No money clears the pursuit. No success or achievement takes away the understanding of your purpose and your passion. And I really thought that if I achieved enough it would give me the grace to pursue my purpose. That's what I really felt. Like, let me achieve. And then I thought purpose was for retirement. That's what I really thought. I think you work a lot of years. You make as much money as physically and mentally possible. Mm. You then let that money begin to grow after you've done all of the work And while that's happening, you do this thing called purpose. And I was wrong. Energetically, I was wrong. Mentally, I was wrong. Strategically, I was wrong. And the reason that I say I install grace in these words is because we were all wrong. We were wrong because the era changed. We weren't wrong because of what we were living in that time. That time was about living that way. The era changed in the end of 2018, 2019, and we began to go into a conscious awakening that said, live more and work less. But before that, we were all under a patriarchal disorder of the way that we were viewing a toxic, a stressful, a browbeating patriarchal view. And I say that because all patriarchy is not bad. It it really is about what the construct of that patriarchal view looks like. So when you look at me today, I have a ton of achievements under my belt. Whether you listen to me early in my career with NPR, you read a feature on Forbes or USA Today, you watch my special on Amazon Prime, You talk with any of my 10,000 students that have been in my larger audiences, any of my 500 students that have been in my intimate groups, a hundred of private clients that I've worked with to support them, to generate millions, to launch movements and live their missions in the world. Everybody's going to say something pretty consistent about my dedication, my achievement, my drive, my focus, they're going to say it pretty consistently. But what makes me the happiest that everyone says is that I am overflowing with love, that I am consistent with compassion, that I lead and live in the way of integrity, and that I honor every being that comes across my path as God, as good, as necessary, as an unrepeatable miracle. And that has taken me a lot of life, a lot of egoic deaths. And we can talk more about what that means for me. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the millions that I've made. I'm grateful for the missions that I've achieved. I'm grateful for the lives that I continue to touch. And I'm grateful for the access and the privilege that is this life of living in the spotlight. And now I live, I believe, responsible or responding to my ableness 
to be able to teach others how to do it in their own way using the methodologies that Source has downloaded through me. And I feel very grateful. Amazing. Amazing. And one of the really powerful words you just said towards the end there was about responding. And I think that when you think about like we take a medication or take something and when we respond positively, but reactions is a negative, like a pulling back. So I love how you wrap that up there to say how it very much is a response. And I would love to know to wrap all of that up. How did you, because everyone always wants to know that, how did you go from hard to ease? Ooh, uh, I went to buy a company, a woman named Kimra Luna was in this personal development space for years and she had created a beautiful brand and she was going through a deep awakening for her path. And I saw her announcement for her divorce and I knew in the personal development space, it's very much like running a church. When you go through anything personal, the business kind of goes through a little bit of disrupt and upset mm. because your flock is trying to understand. And because so many of us were raised in a very colonized view of faith and belief, when someone has a life disruption, we take it as they did something wrong. And we mm. typically inflict that same type of judgment on ourselves. So because I know the cycle of humans, I knew her business was going to take a hit. So I reached out to her and said, hey, you want to sell it? <laughs> like, you, you want to sell it? Because while you're going through your void, I, I can hold the promise mm. over here. And then when you're ready to come back in the market, create something new and the market will thrive. So when I went to buy her, buy this particular aspect of her business, I noticed the way she did things. She, and I love Kimber to life. I don't think she would be upset that I said this, but she was flighty. She was just like, ah, I'll do this. Ah. And I, I was like, what's what? happening right now? How have you made all of these millions? And you were just like, ah, I don't feel like doing that right now. We would be like, me and my business partner would be like, okay, we want you to get on a meeting and we're going to talk at this time with the attorney, this time with a uh, strategy, this time with this for the transition. I'm going to be with my sons. We plan the color at that time. What, what are you saying? And so I realized she was a different breed. And I thought, how did you amass this success? I flew to New York to see her reality there. I flew her to San Antonio, Texas to bring her into my reality. Mm -hmm. And finally, one day at lunch, I just cornered her and I said, you've got to tell me, what did you do? And she said, have you ever heard of Abraham Hicks? And I said, I, I Think, and I think I had seen their stuff somewhere. Mm -hmm. And that's when she told me her story, which I've heard tons of them since. And I am one of them now. Mm -hmm. But she told me her story that she was pregnant and struggling financially. And her husband wasn't able to make their financial ends meet to cover them. And she stumbled on a book and just started reading it on bed rest and started using the practices of alignment and getting herself into alignment and money started flowing to them. Opportunities started flowing to them and she started blogging about it, mm -hmm. which is very similar to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Mm -hmm. Very similar, writing the new epistles, writing what's happening in your heart. She started writing it and people started reading it. This is when I discovered that spirit loves when we speak and write our truth. Spirit will guide us to speak and write our truth to make millions. And that's what happened for her. So Amazing. I, that day, ordered every book from Jerry and Esther Hicks that I could. Jerry Hicks was still alive at the time. Yeah. I ordered every book that I possibly could. And I started reading everything, listening to it every day. And that's when I discovered I had tremendous anxiety. 
because I would listen to something that Esther would channel through and I would want it to happen that minute. And if it didn't, the anxiety would overwhelm me so deeply. And that's what led me on my path to understanding, oh, I have relationships that I'm calling love, but they're trauma bonds. Oh, I have businesses that I say are my purpose and my mission, but I birthed it out of my splintered mind. It was not given to me through divine mind. Mm. Oh, when divine mind gives me an idea, divine mind carries the burden of the idea coming to fruition. I just show up to the party. Oh, and (laughs) it led me on about three years of, of, of discovery. And that's what led me from hard life to a life of grace, ease, joy, and flow. It began to change my friendships. It began to change how I showed up in my family. It began to change my romantic relationships. And all of it was beautiful and it's all been continually magical, but that's where the path was. It came from my very masculine pursuit. I'm going to buy your business. Give it to me. And not compassion, not, oh, you're going through a divorce. How's your heart? Powerful woman. I never said that. I never said that. I said, give me your business. Take this check. (laughs) So funny. That is just brilliant. I just love, and so is that where the quote, or I guess the quote or your philosophy of what if it all goes right actually comes from? Yes. 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 Because in that time frame, here she was sitting at my house. We're eating vegan pizza and tacos. (laughs) She self-proclaimed vegan junk foodie. And so she introduced me to vegan junk food that year. (laughs) And we're there and she's just telling me her story. And that's also where I came to the awareness that our voice is medicine. When we learn how to skillfully tell our story, our voice becomes elixir for the listener. Because that day over vegan tacos and vegan pizza, I was liberated through this woman's experience and my life has never been the same. I never bought her company. That deal never went through. We're still friends today. I love her, admire, and respect her. That business did crumble for her in her hands. And it was a part of her own awakening. And I'm grateful for that because what she was really meant to do was not sell me her business, but introduce me to a path that I had not yeah. known. Yeah, yeah. It was That was just divinely timed. And so would you say your ability to articulate and use your own thought leadership and speak on stages came from there? Was it an energetic drive that you wanted to then really drive your thought leadership from that point on? I wanted to drive my thought leadership from the time I could speak. When I said mama, I felt like I should teach all the other babies how to say it like me. (laughs) I... I have been this girl at three years old. I was winning speech competitions. By the time I was five, I was beating out teenagers. I have been this, this voice. I remember being five and six years old and people would say, hi, you are so pretty. What's your name? And I go, Allison. My voice was so heavy. (laughs) And my great niece, Today, her voice is like mine. It's Uh, deep, raspy. She just turned five years old and I'm so excited because it reflects so much power. But I grew up with oracles and I grew up with orators. I grew up around politicians. I grew up around educators. I grew up around greatness and really uh, so much Black excellence Uh, Because where I grew up was primarily black and brown, very much black and Hispanic. And I just knew that I was born for this. And my mother knew I was. And my mother would push me in my stomach and hold my throat. And she would say, I don't want your voice to come from your throat. I want it to come from your gut. Speak Mm -hmm. to me. And I'd be eight and, and wow. I'd be like, mom, I'm, I'm trying to tell you the story of what happened at school. She'd be like, tell it to me with more power. It's not entertaining <sighs> this way. 
Wow. <laughs> and then I'd say, whatever happened, and she'd say, can you pull from anything else? Is there a scripture that you know, or did something happen earlier this week that you could add in with it? Can you make it more robust? And that's oh, I where I began it. to learn the art of story. And my mother had no idea that she was teaching me story narratives. Mm. She had no idea that she was teaching me how to build and establish a story spine. She had no idea that she was teaching me the laws of presence, of power, of pacing for my vocal tonality. Mm. She had no idea that she was teaching me voice alchemy, that you can only speak that which you fully know that you are embodied in. And when you do, you will cause people to travel to their healing. And she had no idea that she was teaching me that she just was teaching me who she was and who she was, those things at her root. And later in life, they become frameworks that I get to facilitate to the masses. We facilitated these frameworks to over 20 industries, more than 50 countries, 10,000 students that have generated $330 million. And I started learning these principles at my grandmother's kitchen table. So good. So good. So what would you say? Because there's a lot of women, a lot of my clients, me included, we want to turn our volume up. We weren't born with this God-given gift and we want to be more visible and shout our own thoughts from the rooftop. So what would you say if you can grab from your framework or from your heart, what are like three ways that we could take away today and use to help us a find our stage, but then really turn up the volume of what we want to say that's in our hearts. Oh, I love that you asked me that. I have written something called the codes of magnetism Mm -hmm. and they are scripts that you sit and read and recite out loud that allow you to invoke power. Mm -hmm. And The scripts activate your codes of courage, confidence, curiosity, play, adventure. And I would encourage everyone to download them. I'll give you the link. So they're free. Oh, amazing. So that people can download them with this episode. What's great about it, what's really magical about it, is that when you read these words, and I have a little audio file where I read Mm -hmm. it to you as well, Mm -hmm. Uh, but when you read them out loud, you are making a command and you are calling on the highest consciousness of not just you, your collective. And that's what makes it so empowering because you're reading truth that you are learning how to believe which means you activate your angels to teach you even more, which is even more sweet and soft for your path. And the thing that I love about these codes is it puts the responsibility on the spotlight, not on you. Hmm. The spotlight is what's meant to shine its light on you. And the spotlight is what's meant to hold you. And the spotlight is meant to be your guide, not you be the seeker of it. Oh, should I go do this press tour? Oh, should I do this podcast tour? Oh, should I sign up for this speaking ABC and one, two, three? Did the spotlight invite you to it? Did the spotlight provide for you to be a part of it? When people say, oh, one day I'll be able to financially work with you. The spotlight will provide for that. When you align with the spotlight, we'll write all the checks. And that's the thing that that wasn't clear for me when I began. I was doing everything to receive the spotlight because I felt like God was like my mother, clean your room, you're responsible. Or like my dad, I don't know why he didn't come home or come back, but something about me wasn't good enough, was the framing in my younger mind. So I thought I better please God in the best ways possible so that God doesn't slam his door like my mother did and not talk to me for two or three hours. When in reality, she was just exhausted from working three jobs. And I even feel the need to defend her now because I still want to hold on to that love. You can hear that, right? Yeah, Yeah. Or that God would turn out like my dad. Oh, I'll call you for the first few years of your life, but then I'll just disappear and you'll never know why. So I was so scared that I thought I better work this out. So when an opportunity to 
get an interview at the cost of my sitting at my mother's bedside. I'm going to go get that interview because I got to be responsible at the cost of making love with my romantic partner and having a vacation and being with them. Nope, nope, nope. I got to go to another conference. I got to do this thing. So why am I saying that? You said for those of us that are ready to receive, that's the word I want to put in that sentence, to receive the spotlight. When you are ready to receive, the spotlight will change how you rest. The spotlight will change how you relax. The spotlight will change how you rise every day. The spotlight will shift how you operate in your purpose. The spotlight will give you these sensations of passion and purpose like you've never known. And the spotlight will gift you profitability because you will be living in your ultimate truth. And no one in my realities anymore even believe that's too good to be true. You don't get access to an Allison Bird if you don't believe that. You don't listen to a podcast I'm on. You don't show up at an event someone has me speaking. You don't read a blog I've written or an article I've been featured in or watch a video on YouTube if you're not ready for this reality to be your own. So you would say it's the spotlight is like divine timing. Divine timing. Absolutely. And most of the time, the spotlight comes when the person has strategized themselves so deeply and so far away from surrender that they walk through this process. And I'm sure you've walked through it. Mm. They walk through some dark night of the soul. And through that dark night of the soul, actually, you told me about it. You all moved. You left seven suitcases, your kids. That's a dark night of the soul. We're on our way. The light is calling us. And the light is telling us that the way we've been living is not as bright as it can be. And now here you are in the south of France living like a beacon. That's the spotlight. That is the spotlight. Mm -hmm. Oh, I just got shivers. I get, we get, we've got to get the link, first of all, for everybody to download the free resource that you have. But that just sounds, it sounds activating. I could feel what you're saying re- reverberating through me. See, I told you from the beginning, it was your energy. I just want people to feel, yeah, because the, your words plus the reverberation is just clearly why you are the gospel speaking minister that you are. <laughs> I'm just jumping on in here to announce that the waitlist for Phoenix Rising is now open. Phoenix Rising is my proprietary mastermind where you will have access to the beautiful power of sisterhood, the power of one-on-one coaching with me, learning and integrating all of the strategy and energetic work you hear me talk about. So if you're ready to soar and rise up from playing small or feeling stuck in business, and you want to feel expansive and alive again, then jump onto my website and join the waitlist under the Phoenix Rising tab. It starts again in September 2023, and there will be some awesome bonuses and discounts for anyone on the waitlist. I can't wait to see you there. It sounds like you've had this innate gift for a long time, but you obviously had to go through a process of when you said you realized that you came from traumatic background and, and lived in scarcity. And so clearly, you had to go through a process of learning how to feel safe again and do the inner work to then reach your highest self in life and business. Was that the process that you went through or what was the process that you went through in in healing and feeling safe again? Mm -hmm. The way I will say that is what process do I live today? Because no part of me has arrived. When the last year, my life has been shaken. My romantic partner that I thought I would marry came to me and said, uh, I am no longer available for this union. His mother ascended. The grief split our paths. He could no longer perceive or even see the love that we were sharing. That was debilitating to my heart horrific energetically. It was so challenging. Talk about attachment. 
Then my dog that I've had for 14 years cosmically said to me, I have an assignment with another family. I said, excuse me, do you not know what your was going to be daddy just said? What, what is happening? Like your stepdaddy walking out the door. How you, this is me and my dog, how you going to try to walk out? And I had a pet communicator. This may sound strange for someone to hear, but I want to say these things so that people can hear how beautiful life can be. Mm. I had a pet communicator help me communicate with my dog and spiritually channel. My dog knew the exact family, said that the family was going to come to me. Turns out it was my money manager's neighbor. And my dog is living an exquisite life. Well, he's not mine anymore. He's theirs but living an exquisite life on a beautiful property in California. And he loves it so much. My nephew that was living with me, that I was financially investing in and helping him shape and build his future. He said, I want to do it a different way. And he decided to move out and go out on his own at 22 years old, a PhD student that I'd invited to live with me to finish their PhD said, I'm ready to go out on my own. And I'm standing there going, what's going on here? And that's when I recognized that the biggest healing that needed to take place was the healing of my desire to save. Most people are looking at their neurotic symptoms. Oh, I have OCD. Oh, there's ADHD. Oh, and I'm not making light of any of these things because I had all of them. Mm. extreme OCD from the level of stress that I was living. You could not move one thing in my house. My personal assistant knew if that coffee bar wasn't stopped just right, like a corporate office, her head was coming off because I needed those things to be controlled because nothing inside was controlled. So when source allowed all of those things to be moved out of my space, I was able to see majority of the healing that I was weighing in my heart and on my shoulders mm. came through a lot of what we all hear growing up as little kids, which is that we're responsible to save. We have to save our family. We have to save the people that we love. We have to like that energetic takes so much space up. Mm. And when I work with my clients, Normally, if we allow that energetic to dissolve, a lot of the other things fall away. A lot of the problems that people think, oh, I got to fix this in my marriage or, oh, I got to fix this with my weight. I'm underweight. I'm overweight. I'm not eating. I am, whatever it may be, you dissolve that energetic of saving. Probably about 85% of your path gets cleared up pretty fast because there's so much connected with. I must save. I must overwork. I must overextend myself. I must overwhelm myself. If you're saving, you're overextending, you're overwhelming, and it takes you out of the space. You self-erase. So most women are bypassing living in their energetics of the spotlight because instead of letting the spotlight hold them, they are pursuing the spotlight, saving others, and then wondering, why don't I feel significant within myself? You erased yourself. That's why mm -hmm. you erased yourself. And that doesn't feel good. And that's why we see high achieving women societally go toward a path of dark depression or even experiencing many feelings of wanting to leave life by suicide because they don't feel necessary anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons why you and I have such a cause in the world to help women live more and work less, experience yeah. their significance through their surrender and let their strategies be born of the soul. And that is what allows us to live a life as a lighthouse. So when you ask me, what did I do to tap into my safety? I let go of saving. When I let go of saving, it let me feel the openness, the rawness, the raw nerve of just take care of Allison. Mm. That's it. And that was a raw nerve. And that was what me and my therapist and somatic release coach began to work through is 
what if it's just about you? And that made me feel selfish. That made me feel disconnected. That made me feel displaced. And then I remember my therapist saying, but what if those feelings aren't real? What if those feelings are feelings you've heard on TV, self-deprecating feelings? What if those are feelings that you've heard from older people ahead of you that received their programming and kept it? What if that's not really how you feel? And I said, I can feel another way. And they said, you can feel another way. I said, can you tell me some words to describe it? And they said, happy, bliss, pleasure. I said, pleasure? What do you mean pleasure? I was like, my vibrator has to be at like level five right now. And they're like, yeah, that's because there's a lot of adaptive trauma defenses living in you, in your body. You can't feel it. So for every person under the sound of my voice, I want to say, when you let go of saving, how do you let go of the energy of saving? Audit your life. Look around your life and look at, are you loving or are you saving? And have you started to call your patterns of saving love? How do you know if you started to call your patterns of saving love, you do more in the relationship than you be? Mm. And really give yourself permission to go, am I doing or am I being? I watch a lot of women manage their husbands, manage their partners, manage them like their children. And we see that. We see that on sitcom television. We see that in movies. We don't see women on sitcoms going, babe, I just love the way that you and admiring their husband. No, they're beating their husband down. And we think that's not going to have contagion in us. Yeah. And so if we're beating the people around us down, who's the winner then? Us. That means we got to save. If I got to say my husband is never doing this or my life partner is never doing Y or Z, if my children are never doing that, then I've got to be the hero all the time. That energetic stops me from living in my significance. That energetic stops me from trusting surrender. And so then I must go outside of myself to have a strategy in order to receive success. That is what creates burnout for majority of humanity. And so that's what I did. That was my path. I know it doesn't sound like a wake up at five or write this one thing down or do this, but look at your energetic of saving. That's a big booty hoe walking in your space, just all walking big, all around your space. video I love it I love it and so if I'm understanding or trying to surmise correctly with the focus not on saving the focus comes back into self and loving yourself which women are shit at but if we start there I agree with all the stuff that you've just said again as women what can we do about it coming back to and I talk in my business about life and self-first embodiment and it's hard work at first when people are like you do that. I can prioritize my, it's not about self-care. This is like soul care, right? Soul care, soul fuel. You don't do this and everything else is going to suffer. But in, in essence, that's another way of saying it, but coming back to truly prioritize yourself and, and, and learn how to come back to, to loving yourself. And I, what I want to say is that when we use the language, come back, people assume they've done it before. That you've never been necessarily. I did not know how to love myself because I wasn't taught self love. Mm. My mother taught us self care. Uh, My mother was huge into lotions, perfumes, and baths, and all of those things. So Mm. I always smelled good. But when I looked in the mirror, I didn't like what I saw. (laughs) I took a bath, but I was like, I don't think you're good enough. And so we have to know that it is common everyone feels disqualified at the beginning. However, what we must know is that when we go for supernatural success, there is no qualification for that other than you are born, Mm. other than you exist. And as a black woman in North America, raised in the era that I was raised in to say that unapologetically and boldly, (laughs) that's a big statement. Mm. Big and beautiful statement. I love that. In light of time, (laughs) I have other questions, but I'm going to start to wrap up for you because I know you also have things to go and and do today. But you mentioned 
this through the train of our conversation already about, and I always finish this, my episodes with this question, and I'm really interested in in hearing your response, but coming back to myself or becoming who I am today and stepping into the new version of myself has required that I really start to understand what my values are and truly live in them every single day and live and die by them in my business and my life. And one of them that was at the pinnacle of us moving from Australia to France was adventure and seeking out spirit of adventure. And I just love to know what does actual adventure mean to you? I love that you asked this because I wrote that in my journal, I could go get up right now and bring my journal back. I wrote that in my journal last week. I said, I just joined a brand new mastermind that I'm so excited to be a part of and to learn from a gorgeous human. I'll give her a shout out because her work is so beautiful. Her name is Marla Mattinson. And I just joined her mastermind. And I wrote after our first session, I said, what does adventure look like for your life? And it breaks my heart. And at the same time, it gives me joy because I live such a adventurous little young life. My mother moved us out of what was considered the poor side of town and moved us to what was considered the white side of town or had greater affluence. And that was adventurous because to be black and to go to schools where (laughs) there's all the white kids, you're like, this is adventurous. Then after we were there for a while, my mother went through some financial difficulties. We moved back in with my grandparents, which meant we moved back to the black and brown side of town. So now I have all these mannerisms and habits and this and that come from one side of town don't translate to the other. That was adventurous. So when I was going through in my mind, I was initially thinking I haven't lived adventure, but I thought I have lived adventure and I always thought I was going to die. That was my relationship with adventure up until last week. Anything that was adventurous was I could die. Because my nervous system was like, adventure means change. Change has not meant safety. Mm -hmm. So for me, where I am today, this is going to be different if you interviewed me in six weeks. But where I am today, adventure for me is discovery of borders within myself, boundaries within myself that I did not set. That's adventure for me. How did that border get there? How did that boundary get there? I didn't set it. Let's see if I can push it. <laughs> Let's see if I can get to can the go. other side, you know? <laughs> and that's that my definition beautiful. of adventure, you know, right mm. now within myself. Yeah. Mm. I can't wait to see how that morphs and grows and expands and contorts as you go move into this into this mastermind more and integrate it and come back to that question maybe how long is the mastermind six months or 12 months six months yeah six months yeah Yeah. so maybe a good question to come back to eventually and see what it means in six months time but I, I just love how everybody's answer is so different in terms of what that adventure really means I think that it's less about destinations and it's more about a feeling and a visceral for me at least I know and others it's about that about a feeling a visceral feeling that people get in their bodies as opposed to going necessarily going somewhere and crossing international borders or whatever it might be but yeah I just love all the different answers that I get (laughs) and I think we get to define everything in my last romantic relationship I asked I said can we not say I love you Can we say what we are loving at that time? Because I think I love you. For me, it was getting stale. I love you. I love you too. I love you. What does that even mean right now? What does that even mean? And so we would break it down and say, I love how soft you're being right now. I love how attentive you're being. I love that you're making the decision on what we're eating for dinner because I have no clue. Like, I love, like, just being so specific. I love when you touch me and your hand is so warm. I love when I feel that because sometimes when you touch me and you're not happy with me or not happy Mm -hmm. in yourself, it's not the same warmth. 
So I love that. I love this feeling. And we get to define things like that. And that helps us strengthen our communication, deepen how we union with ourselves and with others. And the biggest thing that I want people to understand as they hear my story is that it continues to unfold and that there that none of us came here with a perfect reality. I'm reading Paris Hilton's memoir right now, and I'm blown away at what that woman suffered and how much that people are disqualifying her suffering because she was born rich. Mm. Man, mm. it's huge. So I'm very happy and grateful for the conversation that we've been able to share. And I pray that my vibration, my frequency, what I've walked through, what I've reconciled with translates and that humans can borrow from my faith, can borrow from my joy, can (laughs) borrow from my imagination. It's a good time. So thank you for bringing me. I really appreciate the time that you've given us. And I just, I think everything that you have shared with us and your, your gifts that are clearly like we've talked about that you've been, that have been innate since the time you were little are very much a part of the zero wasted days philosophy and, you know, how I really envision a future for people where we can really define our futures by our own parameters as opposed to the the patriarchal ones that have often been set for us. So I really appreciate your time and just being here with us. We will obviously put that uh, resource into the show notes, but if there's any other ways that people can connect with you, please tell us. Instagram, what's your favorite channel where you hang out the most? This is going to be breaking news because no one knows (laughs) yet, but I am starting a Substack, which I'm very happy about. And if no one knows what many people know what Substack is, but it's basically Mm. like a living blog. Mm. And I'm excited about that because the spotlight energetics that I'm living today and the spotlight energetics that my clients are living are worth chronicling. So I want to consistently put that out there almost like a Bible for spotlight energetics for humans that are living on the front line of the digital marketing space, because Mm -hmm. the content creator space, the space of being an author, the space of being a coach, a strategist, a minister, divine order is activating all of our voices and calling Mm -hmm. all of us into the spotlight. And we get to master what those energetics are like, and we get to master the earnings that come from those energetics, which are so easeful. Uh, But when I've been studying that for 13 years, I traveled with Lisa Nichols learning that, learned from a gorgeous human named Carlton Pearson, who wrote a book called God is Not a Christian, and he suffered deeply in the spotlight, Mm. deeply. CNN, ABC, everybody was beating him up in the spotlight. And I got to watch that. And Mm. I was in my very early 20s going, what is that? Mm. What is that? (sighs) And we've all seen the spotlight burn people. Mm. And that's why so many humans are afraid. They're like, oh, I just rather stay over here and do this little piece of my mission and live this little fraction of my significance if it means that I have this false sense of safety intact. Mm. And I'm here to help humans disrupt the status quo. You want to be seen. You want to be heard. You want to be understood. Your story matters. Your voice is medicine. Your words are elixir. And everything that you've survived is worthy of being told in whatever shape or form that you can tell it. And humans are being activated to host retreats, to launch masterminds, to Mm. create courses and frameworks. And it's scary. And that's why I've written the magnetism codes on how to trust your ideas in the spotlight, how to trust the sound of your voice in the spotlight, trust your visibility on camera in the spotlight. When I started in the spotlight, my whole face was cratered with acne from stress. This is all your stress region here for women. And it was cratered in acne because I was so stressed. So I didn't want to be on camera. 
Then I learned I had a superpower of burying myself in my body. I was 345 pounds. I didn't want to be overweight on camera. It was so many different things. And so I've written codes now, and I'm excited to share these for free. And I tell everybody, download that. That's where I suggest you start. Watch me on YouTube, read my article on Substack or my articles on Substack, and just hang out because that's me. I never teach from a station of arrival. I'm always unfolding. My client base is always unfolding. My students and the masses are always unfolding. We in this cosmos, the cosmos (laughs) always, God itself is always unfolding and how God expresses is always unfolding. And so I keep it low key. And I have a great time being in service. Anyone that wants to work with me one-on-one, reach out. Anyone that um, wants to work with me in a group, I only offer one a year. And Mm -hmm. I I don't say that through limitation. I just say that through preservation of my energy. Yeah. Yeah, So depending on when this comes out in the marketplace, you may catch that time frame. You may not. But you can always guarantee I have free, no-cost or low-cost resources all the time, because I always make sure that what I'm teaching is not veiled. It's Mm. not hidden. It's Mm. not a secret. It's accessible for all. Beautiful. And so that's all on your website, I assume website, Instagram, and then soon to be Substack. So so exciting. So something for everybody, video, audio, reading something on, on your blog, and as I said to you before we started recording, watching your stories, you're just a, a spark and a light if you're doom scrolling on Instagram and just need something to stand out. So then watch and follow Allison. Allison, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you. And I can't wait for everybody to listen to this episode and for it to be the most downloaded episode that I've got as well. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of the Zero Wasted Days podcast. I truly hope you found it to be valuable and inspirational as you work to create a life by your own design. I would love you to rate and review this episode to let everyone else know about it and help me share this important message with the world. All you need to do is screen grab your review, share it on socials and tag me in to win a $100 Airbnb voucher that I'll be giving away every single month.